with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghosts Chronicle, the next, nope, 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 the international one, that's it. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink. With me is that punter from Wales, Steve Parsons. Good afternoon, Ron. How are you? You sound what chipper. Is- what is a, a proper chipper? A punter. What is a punter? Yeah, what's a, a punter? punter is somebody who uh, pays to go to an event. So, yeah. The people who come into Spirit Quest are all punters. Oh, cool. They get names. Providing, well, the ones that are paying are punters. Punters. They're all paying. Pun- um, well, yeah, I suppose we are. <laughs> In our different ways. Hmm. Punter, huh? Punter. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, it's, uh, I was watching, what was I watching? News, New Tricks, and, right. uh, which is a British series, and uh, they were talking about punters. And, and I watch a lot of those, uh, uh, you know, Midsummer's Murders, of course, and uh, what's the other one? Endeavor and... Uh, Downton? Boss and uh, Lewis and Downton uh, and all yeah. those. And the word punter comes up a lot, and I was just well, curious. Well, it, it's normally associated with gamblers or... Um, Pub guys? Uh, no, the mother, mother horse racing fraternity, you know, the, this idea of you, you take a punt. Um, a punt is a... It's, to take a punt is to take a chance on something. So a punter is oh. somebody who's taking a chance. They're, they're, they're making a bet. But the term has sort of slipped into general usage now to refer to any idiot fool enough to pay. Ah, very good. So that's cool. So anyways, we get that off our... Uh... Yeah, so just there. Anyways, you'll be here, Rob. Believe it or not, in a few short days. What is it like? Uh, a week Thursday. A week Thursday. There you go. A week Thursday. Yeah, but first I've got to go. Uh, I've got to go and uh, do some do some work um, over in Ireland. I'll be leaving on the Friday. I'll be there for the whole weekend with Ghostology. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm really looking forward to doing that again. Um, uh-huh. It's Ghostology in two halves. Ghostology 1, which looks at all of the basic stuff that goes on before the investigation and the, the first sort of baby steps of the investigation, and Ghostology 2, which I'll be doing in October in Ireland, uh, which looks at the, the next level. It takes a look at the equipment, but also it takes a look at what you do with the equipment, where, what you do with the evidence or the information that the equipment gives you. How do you deal with it? So okay. uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's... Uh, but you know, it's it's no effort. You just, as you said before the start of the show, I just sit here and write stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty simple actually. So yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. I reckon for about every for every minute of presentation time, it takes about one hour of preparation. Yeah, but time. that's that's all. This is just copying stuff and posting it in a face. Like, I mean, it's so simple to run an event. But anyway, we it? actually have, we have a <laughs> we have a guest now. Anyway, so uh, uh, why don't you introduce him? He's with us now. Okay. Uh, Fellow investigator from the UK and uh, Mark Mark Cave. Now Mark asked me a question uh, on Facebook. Uh, messaged me on Facebook messaging. Uh, I think it was last week, and it, it it sort of got me thinking about something that's different between the UK and the and the US ghost hunting. Besides punters, 
besides punters and being proper chipper, um, is that we have here in the UK three competing organisations uh, that are sort of like an umbrella for all of the individual groups. And Mark asked me about joining, uh, which, you know, about the, the membership and about... What? You know, what? What are you talking about? Well, we have we have the Society for Psychical Research, who we've mentioned many times on the show. And we have, yeah. of course, the Ghost Club. Yeah. And we have here in the UK, we have the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena or ASAP, and uh-huh. uh, we've, we've, we've mentioned them in, on the show in the past. Yeah, but we're, well, I mean, I, what's, I don't, what's the deal? I mean, you have to, well, that, that you, you have it, your own goal score, you've got to join one of these stupid groups? Well, that's the question. I mean, is it worth joining? What do you get by joining? Should a group consider joining? Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about, and it's something that I don't think you've got in America. You don't, I mean, the ASPR. Now we have the TAPS family. That doesn't count. That's just a big Big, oh, no, no, TAPS is a lot bigger than the SPRA or whatever the freak it is, I'll tell you that much. So, I mean, especially back, I mean, people well, would yeah. give their right arm to be a member of the TAPS family. Well, people would give the right arm to be a member of the Justin Bieber fan club a few years ago, but look, hey, look where that got people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, in, in, in effect, the TAPS family is the Justin Bieber fan club. They are all believers um, compared to the Society for... Psychical Research of the Ghost Club, or the baby of the group, is the is the uh, Association for the Science of ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark asked me, and I realised it's something we haven't got in America, um, and it's something you've always asked me about, that you've asked me many times about the Society for Psychical Research. Mm-hmm. So, is it worth joining? What do we get for joining? Why do we want to join? So, I, I thought we'd get Mark onto the show, and uh, we'll find out his point of view and stuff. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Steve. There you go. You see, you asked a question. You started this ball rolling. I so, are you, are you a believer? Oh, of no. Believer of what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Believer of what? Believer. 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 Oh God, he's never heard of Justin Bieber now, has he? <laughs> Back to square one. Oh, there was a joke built in here somewhere. Okay. There was, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah there was. That was, that was funny. Fortunately, we have English listeners, too. They'll have got it. All right, so moving on. <laughs> moving on. So, Mark, uh, Mark, you asked me a question uh, a week or so ago, and I know we answered it off air, but uh, I think it's worth re- re-asking the question and um, going over it again. Yeah, it was a good question, actually. Something that was actually... If I um, have to say so myself, he says. <laughs> no, it was it was something I've been milling over for a few months now because obviously I'm a member of one of these groups and to be honest, it's sort of like if I can just disappear out of nowhere. Uh, you used to be very sort of like hands-on with its members. Mm-hmm. And so I got in touch with Steve and I thought, well, is it worth me keeping my membership on? Because as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing uh, worth hanging on for. Uh, wow. On that particular membership, so so which about, one are we talking about? We're talking we're about like, ASAP. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I might as well say it. I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, that's the whole thing. Yeah, you hey, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> Name and shame. Huh. <laughs> we've got we've got lawyers standing by. Yeah, we'll be all right. They can take me for whatever I've got. I've got nothing anyway. <laughs> but well, basically, what it what it was boils down to, Ron, is um, when I first joined. 
that organisation. Uh, basically, it was really, really good. Uh, you've got a, a very, very good mixture of very serious investigators. And like I say, the training, and I mean training that was offered, was absolutely awesome. Um, because you got people who'd been out in the field, who'd been set up for quite a few years as well. So, you know, you were getting some really good advice. So, and so it, Mark, Mark, I, I hate to yeah. interrupt you, which I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, when you say training, what, what, did they, I, I don't understand what that is. Did they actually have physical training or was this like yeah. uh, just literature or, or what? No, it was physical training. You used to have training weekends and what basically... Oh. What basically used to happen is you used to have a, a classroom-based lesson mm -hmm. and then you'd go out on an investigation on the night time and, you know, try and put the skills that you'd learned into use, mm -hmm. see if you could actually use them while you're on the investigation. And if you had any questions, there was always somebody there to actually answer those questions for you. Mm -hmm. And basically, this, when I first joined, it was absolutely awesome because it was very well, friendly. We can't, wait, wait, we're not going on beyond that now because you yep. brought this up. So I, I yep. want to understand. I want to understand this training. Uh, what kind of training? Uh, how to use a K2 meter or, or what? Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing no, like what, that. What it kind was, of training? That's, it, was uh, basically, you know. it was basically, uh, you know, critical thinking. You get you to think outside okay. the box, you know, don't interpret things as you may think they are interpreted. You, okay. They did a, they did a, a short video, um, you know, with a lineup where you'd have to actually identify somebody at the end of it because they'd show you, that you know the human eye and the human brain sometimes mm -hmm. can't can't actually match you know faces or places and get it right. So you know they do that sort of thing. You know sort of like optical illusions as well, and talk about you know how to conduct interviews, which okay. I found really good. So yeah. obviously if you're interviewing a witness, you need to know the techniques of how to go about it and how to successfully get the witness to uh, you know talk back and also give you the information that you required. So no, no equipment. Tell us all of your, all that you know. So <laughs> no equipment training though, right? No, well, um, it, was, it was one of those things where you could actually take your own equipment and if you wasn't too sure, you could actually take it out into the field. They did at one point, I know they did at one point, they did have some CCTV equipment where they used to monitor a room and get you to write down basically what you were actually seeing on camera you know most of it sort of like uh, you know orbs i know orbs are floating around left right and center at the one place i was at and um it was basically you had to note it down so you got an exercise where observation and using the equipment plus using the cctv equipment was pretty good uh, and then basically what would happen is then if you were with a good investigator they'd ask mm -hmm. you how you were using your equipment mm -hmm. and so they could actually oh, point so it was it was good it was really good training because I I felt when I when I first joined it was absolutely essential to go on on that course because once you've been on one you then had to write a report so you had to put all this sort of like classroom learning into feeding back about the weekends especially the investigation side of it mm -hmm. so you know they they said is there anything like you've done in the past a past investigation and now after doing this course, is there anything that you did in that past investigation that you could actually think of that you could do better? So you'd then write, you know, a short, a, a short sort of like report on how the investigation went on the training and then what you could have done better on your previous investigation where, that you went on yourself. Okay. 
So this is all good stuff. So I, I see that there is value there. So what what is the problem? It, what, did it, that was that it, or was there no more? No, uh, the problem was uh, Ron. As time went on, obviously they change. As you know, they got a committee, so the committee changes now. Mm -hmm. Problem we had with that said organisation is we got a chairman in that basically turned turned the whole organisation on its head with his ideas and basically alienated quite a lot of the as I call the the very seasoned and very reasonable investigators because he wanted to change things in a new way that basically suited his way of working and nobody else's. So all the investigators that used to go on these training weekends, you'd never seen them around. They never, they never used to turn up because basically it was done in such a way it was set. They'd write it they'd, between him and the committee. They'd write the training and leave anybody out that's not on the committee. They wouldn't actually include it. So you got like a click effect going on. So if you weren't in the click, you never got you never got a look in. And basically, as an investigator and an affiliated investigator for that group. Um, I found this very, very often because in my area of the UK, which is the Midlands, we do have uh, quite a few cases come up, and I never, ever got selected for one. And when I questioned this, why other people were, and it was sort of like you could actually tell from previous, you know, previous notifications that gone out in their newsletters, you could actually see there was actually their favourites that were actually building. So they used to say, well, it's down to potluck of where you are. And I said, it doesn't matter. I've got transport. I can actually get there. You know, it doesn't matter where it is. I'd do it. And I said, because I am an affiliated investigator. So I went all through this training, basically, report writing, doing the whole thing, and never got anything out of it. They never put a case my way. And the only case they did put my way, I resolved it from basically sitting at my computer <laughs> and ask, asking the person questions on, on email, which they wouldn't answer at first. And then I said, can I call you? So after a lengthy email sort of like conversation, I called them. And in the end, when I started asking the questions they wouldn't answer on, on, on email, they sort of like basically backed down and then sort of like their case sort of like disappeared. And they said, oh, it was us just being a bit stupid. We probably put too much, you know, thought into it because, we, you know, the house was a bit creaky, et cetera, et cetera. So I solved that from not even setting foot in the place. So, you know, this is what you learn. And this is critical. And Steve will tell you this. This is critical uh, before you set, you know, set foot in a place. It's critical to know exactly what they're experiencing and to get that out of, you know, out of the client to actually see, you know, exactly what they're experiencing and is what they're experiencing is that explainable and like i say and you you, you lose when you lose that i think you lose the crux of a good organization then and when you get somebody else in who wants to do it his own way and you look at what he's trying to do and what he is doing then you can actually see it's not going to work because you just know it, it's just failing and everybody can see it's failing and then nobody just wants to know that organization hence why I asked Steve this this question because at the end of the day, I'm paying membership basically for nothing. And I, I think I get a magazine through my door every couple of months, supposed to be, but or every six months. But to be honest, uh, some of the articles in the magazine are okay, but others are totally irrelevant. So, you know, when you're paying that sort of like membership out year on year, you, you're just thinking, well, am I throwing my money down the drain because there's nothing worth really me staying on for? Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, 
Uh, you asked Steve about the three different organizations, and That's uh, right. yeah. That's so, right. And, go ahead. And basically, I did a bit of research um, while you know after I spoke to Steve because he, he, he invited me onto the show tonight, and he said, uh, "Can we just go over what we talked about?" And I said, "Yeah, definitely." And like I say, I've actually looked at the uh, memberships, and to be honest, the SPR, although it's a bit pricey, and uh, and like I say, uh, Steve did tell me about the you get a good SPR journal. And to be honest, I do know somebody who's in the SPR who lives quite a few miles away, so I got them to scan in a bit of a journal for me so I could have a look at it. And it is it is pretty good, but um, like like Steve mentioned to me, it's more you know psychology based rather than ghost hunting based. Yeah, more on the well, academic no, side. We, well, yeah. more psych- it never yeah, used, it yeah, never no. used to be. <laughs> no, it never used to be. It used to be. Sorry, Steve, you carry on. Well, I was going to say, well, one of the uh, founding premises of the SPR was to have a wide remit for the for, to examine all forms of uh, strange human experience. But what's happened, certainly since uh, probably the last 15, 20 years, um, is that psychologists have tended to take over the SPR. It's become a very para-academic organisation now uh, in terms of its remit. It very, very, I mean, it doesn't conduct investigations, uh, active investigations, and hasn't done for, a, for quite a, for a lot of years, in fact. Um, it, it, it is run by academics. It's staffed from top to bottom uh, with academics, and its focus is primarily on parapsychology. Which is a great shame because in the past, um, past members of the Society for Psychical Research have included all of the great names in, certainly in, in, in UK and probably world ghost hunting. You know, Andrew Green and Harry Price, Maurice, uh, Maurice Gross, uh, Alan Gould, Tony Cornell. Some of the greatest names in spontaneous case research were all very active within the Society for Psychical Research. But sadly, they were a generation that's passed now. Um, some of them are still with us, fortunately, but, but we, we have lost many of them, um, these great ghost hunters. And that's allowed the academic psychologists to take over, people like Cal, um, who's well known to the show, um, is, is very prominent within the Society for Psychical Research. And it skewed the whole thing. Uh, to the point where ghost hunting is, is almost sidelined. Spontaneous case research has become almost sidelined. And I attend the conference almost every year. And, you know, we're increasingly sort of forced to the edges um, of, the, of the conference. And, and indeed, you know, forced to the edges of the, of, of the SBR. Um, so that you, you mentioned spontaneous, what do you call it? Spontaneous. Well, we call we we call I mean, the 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 sort of technical posh term, if you like, for ghosts and hauntings and apparitions is spontaneous cases because that's what they are. They they're by their very nature spontaneous. I like that name. And it's the first time I've heard they, it. I, I like it very much. They they have always been uh, designated by the SPR um, as spontaneous cases. So we have, and I'm a member of the Society for Psychical Re- Research's spontaneous case committee. Um, which should investigate but doesn't do very much in terms of actual investigation as a committee. It, it more reviews and collects information uh, regarding cases, so press cuttings. Uh, there are some cases that do come up, but uh, all of those uh, things that you and I investigate, 
Ghosts uh, Ron and that Ron also uh, that Mark would also be uh, interested in. So ghosts, hauntings, apparitions, poltergeists, mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff is called are, are lumped under spontaneous cases. Mm-hmm. It's it's really so, interesting. So uh, going we, we, back, getting back to uh, uh, Mark's question. Uh, hmm. So you you reviewed the three of them. Basically, we talked about the SBR and the ASAP. Uh, what about the Ghost Club? Did we really say much about them, and and what are what? How is that? Uh, well, uh, well the say, Ghost Club. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. The Ghost there? Club. Well, I was going to. Uh, the Ghost Club is the oldest of the three organisations, formed in 1882. Um, hmm. Or 1862, depending on which version you, you you go for, the Ghost Club still exists today, and it was actually my my recommendation to Mark uh, that he join the Ghost Club, because the Ghost Club is much more focused on spontaneous cases, as you can imagine from its title, the Ghost Club. There are a lot of cross links with the Society for Psychical Research, so there is. Uh, an opportunity to to stay current with the academic side of. Uh, psychical research which is important for investigators mm-hmm. but interestingly and probably uniquely of the three groups the ghost club is the one that continues to do investigations they have regular visits regular investigations um of of well-known sites of less well-known sites uh, throughout the uk uh, they produce a very interesting newsletter so um that was my recommendation. I mean, they were the oldest, as I said before. They've had some great names. All of the names I mentioned earlier, in terms of great investigators, uh, were all members of the Ghost Club. Indeed, Harry Price uh, was uh, ran the Ghost Club for an, quite a number of years, as did the uh, le- the famous British ghost hunter Peter Underwood. And so their focus has always been as well as Ben Helsing. As well, I don't know if you you are in fact a member of the Ghost Club, aren't you? Mm. Well, actually, yeah. I do have to renew my dues, but I was, yes. Oh. Well, yes, but they do, they do an excellent newsletter. And I think for the, general, for the general ghost hunter, for the person whose primary focus is ghost hunting, uh, I think the Ghost Club offer uh, possibly the best value. The Society for Psychical Research is great if you're interested in the academic side of it, which, for the main part of it, can be very dull and long-winded. Amen. Um, Amen to that, brother. Um, and in fact, you know, sitting through some of their conferences, it is, it is, you know, I'd rather have teeth pulled. So, um, of the three, which one has the greater resources? I, I would say the Ghost Club can match the Society for Psychical Research because there is so many members who are members of both that you have access to uh, the resources of the SPR almost by default via the Ghost Club. Um, you know, there are the officers of the Ghost Club. Many of them are also um, within uh, positions within the Society for Psychical Research as well. So you don't lose anything um, by by being a member of one rather than mm-hmm. both. I mean, you could, of course, be a member of all three should you choose. Um, there are no restrictions on, on dual or triple membership. But I would say if you're going to join one, then I, for the Ghost Hunter, then I think the Ghost Club is the club to join. Uh, it does give you access to, to people with a, you know, a, a similar outlook on. It, it, they don't do the training that ASAP do. They don't have the boring academic side of it that the SPR do. They sort of sit nicely in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mark, I know we've only got a few minutes left. Uh, so 
which one did you decide on and uh, what do you expect to get out of this organization by joining it? Yeah, well, I, I did actually, like I say, I did research it and I'm definitely going to go for the Ghost Club um, because it does stand out. I mean, what I like about it as well is um, they do offer joint membership. So if you've got a partner who who's into the same stuff, you know, into ghost hunting and paranormal research, right. you can actually get a, a discount for joint membership as well. Oh, very good. Of course, you'll have to so, learn the cigarette handshake. Oh, yeah, the yeah, secret handshake. I've got to say, the Ghost Club have got, have got a pretty good... Uh, the Ghost Club have a number of advisors. Um, and I, I, you know, like you. Slightly biased. Like, like me. You. I was going to yeah. say, slightly biased. I can say... Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've noticed <laughs> that. I, I joined in spite of that. <laughs> So that's when all the good investors. Well, you see, it, it wasn't a biased recommendation because I'm also on the committee, one of the committees of the SPR, so it could have gone either way. So, yeah. yeah. So, no bias. So, Mark, what have you been up to since the last we talked? Have, have you done any investigations? Yeah, I went. I went over to. Um, I went over to a place called Guy's Cliff in Warwickshire, uh, which is a big sort of like ruined house. Uh, come. So some of it's still standing. Uh, you know, there's a chapel there, Mary Magdalene Chapel. Uh, it's owned by the uh, Secret Handshake Brigade. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, but, uh, what owns a secret chapel? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does, actually, yeah. Yeah, Secret Handshake Brigade, yeah, well in there. But uh, we actually investigated that, and that was that was really interesting because the, the people that sort of run it, or look after it, I should say, uh, they also have their own group. Which is, um, which is, you know, I thought it was a bit strange, <laughs> but, but um, a couple of them, like I say, the person who let us in there, um, sort of like uh, he was there and one of his people from their club, and it was quite interesting just to hear some of the chat that was actually going around um, while I was actually sort of like sussing out the place, because um, they were speaking to my, you know, some of my team. And um, it was really interesting because I heard them mention Peter Underwood and, uh, you know, sort of like, I, I, had to, I had to give myself a wry smile. It's as if, like, they were, you know, sort of like brothers or whatever. But um, to be honest, I don't think they knew much about Peter Underwood, to be fair. That's why I was smiling in the corner, just um, listening Didn't to the chat. for England? Yeah, he did, actually, yeah. It was with his, <laughs> with his brother Rory Underwood, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> But, um, well, Mark, do you? I, I know you've got a group. Do you have a website that pe people can check you out, uh, maybe get in contact if they need your assistance in the Midlands? Yeah, we, we, we do have a website. It's uh, www.midlandparanormal, all one word, and that's .org.uk. And that's there you gonna, go. that, yeah. that website's going to be rebuilt as well. It's a bit old at the moment, so we're looking at getting that done. There you go. You heard it from the horse's mouth. Mark, that was great. Thank you very much. Uh, we've Thank got you, Steve. To go in. We've got to go and sell some products now, apparently. Fair play. Um, <laughs> so, so hopefully we've answered your question. And uh, say, say when, you, when you send your application off to the Ghost Club, don't forget to say I recommended you. I might get a badge off them or something. No problem. I'll do that, Steve. You're more than hey, welcome. Hey, cheers, matey. You, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Cheers. Thanks, Rod. Yeah, nice meeting you. Talking with you again. And good luck. So, anyways, you, we we do gotta go. So, uh, it's it's you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, the International Edition with uh, Stephen Parsons. What's that? Make it sound like it's the end of the show. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, the International Edition with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick, right here on Tojinet Pararex. 
Planet Paranormal Radio Crackle and perhaps the Ghost Box. We'll be right back after the following messages. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Chronicles International, the live edition, with me, the man who, an international radio host, only this last week, called an asshole. A pain in the ass, or an asshole. Not an and, asshole. A pain and, in the ass. Get your facts straight, parapsychologist. Can't even get and, the details correct. And, and also, uh, hosting the show is... Mr. Van Helsing, a man who an international host of a radio show earlier this week called An Onion. Uh, 
We're back live um, after talking about paranormal groups, which you don't have anything like that in. You don't have anything like the Ghost Club or the Society for Psychical Research. You're even. I told you we have a Taps family. Yeah, 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 yeah! Woo! Wow. Okay. I mean, that's that's something to aspire to, isn't it? You know. I mean. Yeah. All right. So I just added Mark as a friend, so I would find out some more about this guy. That's good. So. But. But, I mean, there isn't a historical precedent. I mean, there is nothing. You have the you do have the American Society for Psychological Research, which has gone a bit dormant. Yeah. Um, you have the Parapsychological Association. Um, right. yep. And yep. in Greenborough. But they're not really... I mean, you can't get into the PA if you're a ghost no. hunter. No. So, so anyways, it's going on with ghost groups and so forth. <laughs> I, I got into an interesting conversation. Well, somebody's made a, a remark about... Ghost groups being competition. What is this with people? Why is they always take another ghost group, another radio show, another whatever as a competition? I don't get that. Uh, I don't know. I, I saw the same comment. I didn't. Maybe didn't read it the same you way. Did because you're freaking English. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, but it is. I, I, well, my my reply to you is: is the paranormal is a dog eat dog world because groups do not. Routinely share their stuff. Uh, yeah, Nate, it's not I, I know, I've heard Nate, even you complain brings, about that as it much. It brings tears to your eyes. Well, it is, unfortunately. Um, and that might be why groups like uh, the SPR, ASAP, and the Ghost Club are lose, uh, have dropped a membership over the years. It's because um, there are so many different beliefs, so many different ideas, so many different theories uh, you know, there are people who think that orbs are paranormal, there are people think you can talk to the dead on broken radios, there right. are people who think that you can use there are people who think the whole of it's rubbish uh, and exactly. people, people get very heated about it and to a lot of people, paranormal belief is, is kind of akin to a religion and it's... Well it like, is, in the reality It, it, it is, and it's what? like attacking people's religion or their political beliefs and people get very, very uh, arsy about Defending their position, mm -hmm. uh, and what what that and the other thing is, then people put stuff up on public forums like Facebook and social media, and they say, "Hey, look at our evidence," and somebody will come on and go, "Nah, yeah, but it's not that paranormal." And then you get the inevitable, "What do you know anyway?" There can't be any experts, and the whole thing spirals down into chaos. So exactly. it is, it is here, particularly here in the UK, and by the judging that the comments. Um, earlier, then I think the same situation arises in America. Groups and individuals are very, they very do. protective about the... Uh, I mean, I, I was watching some YouTube footage and we spoke about it uh, previously. A group not very far away from you in New England where the leader of the group believes that everybody is psychic. Um, and they were doing, you know, some, some stuff on their investigations that really, I, you know, it was hand, head in hands time and face palm stuff going on, uh, to my way of thinking, but then you know, that's their belief they were doing what go. they wanted to do, were they harming anybody? Probably not because they were doing the public public access stuff, where I think the real problem might lie is when you start going into people's houses um, and selling them your ideas, you know, oh you but, have a demon let me ask you, you that though but let me ask you that. I mean, okay. Well, uh, going into people's houses, the, the question is, people let them in. I mean, isn't it like, uh, you know, buyer beware? It's just like in everything it else. Be. 
you buy a car, you know, it, it could be a hunk of junk. It's it's buyer beware. I mean, if if people invite these people in, then that's what they get. I mean, it's not, you know, it, and, and not only that, they might be in the same likeness of them, where, you know, they might like glass swirling and and, yeah. and talking out of a, a, radio, a broken radio. They might like that. Yeah. And if they believe in that, then they're satisfied. It, and, and, you know, there was another comment on that same one about, like, oh, they invite more people with better equipment. Well, you know what? That's their privilege. You know, the, the problem is, I don't know if it's like that in, in the UK, but in America, we've got this huge entitlement problem. Like, everybody's entitled to everything. You know, there are locations that certain groups have almost, uh, I'm not going to say, uh, uh, but the, the, the particular uh, establishment won't only deals with a particular group and it's exactly it's, they, yeah we have exactly the same here they're comfortable with it so hey that's what it is i mean you're not entitled to go and force your way into somebody else's thing if if that's the way the owners want it well hey that's the way it is get over it and, and a lot of these groups be honest with you have worked really really hard to develop relationships with particular places and and in the field and if they you know it's all a power to them and you know, I, I don't wa- understand why there's, there's so much uh, entitlement that, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you know, you got to have this, you got to It's like, no, it's, it's not. People might not like you, and that's okay, you know. <laughs> well, we don't get that level of entitlement here in the U.K. There are, there are certain locations, uh, venues, yeah. where they have a preferred team um, who are put in because they're trusted. And because exactly. the owner wants somebody he can rely on. Um, that's done. And we accept that here in the UK. There isn't any, uh, well, you know, we understand that we have to sometimes share with uh, uh, somebody else. Or you just don't go. It's as simple as that. Exactly. Um, you have, the, you have your is, own freedom there isn't as well. this, What we don't see here in the UK, but we do see certainly on the news feeds from American groups, uh, is this idea of breaking into places because I'm a ghost hunter and I am entitled to go and investigate the ghost in that locked up building and access is... is, is you know, uh, my right rather than mm-hmm. the privilege. Where where I have a problem with something we've spoken about before is the ethical and moral problem, which is... I understand yes, that, by the way. You're entitled to your ideas and you're yeah. entitled to your beliefs. And if you want to sell your ideas and beliefs in a public forum, in a, in a nice, safe public environment like a haunted castle or a haunted house, that's perfectly fine. People have got the option whether to come, whether to give you money, whether to leave halfway mm-hmm. through the night or... Uh, but when, when somebody asks you, when, when somebody phones you up, they, they often the case, and I only speak from experience in the UK, is that they, they really don't understand what's going on and they don't understand what constitutes any expertise. And so they will see in, in, in a newspaper or on a, a, a Facebook page somebody calling themselves an expert. Me, for example, because I've been on television, I was on Most Haunted, therefore I must be an expert. So they'll contact me or somebody else now the problem is are they getting somebody who is ethically responsible morally responsible or are they getting somebody and it's often the case who will come along and sell them their beliefs oh you have a demon oh you have this oh we can we need to use uh these techniques we we need to use evp or we need to use ouija boards or we need to use the k2 Mm -hmm. or we need to use science what you what in the problem there you've got is the ghost hunter or the investigator is actually going along almost like a preacher 
Um, and <sighs> selling their ideas. That's, exactly. That's if, if somebody wants to buy those ideas, then that's their privilege. That's their right. Uh, you might well, not believe in them, I, but I some people do. There are a lot of people that believe it's, in cases. It's not a question of. But, it's not a uh, question of whether I believe. It's yeah. a question of informed consent. Now you know that I used to be in nursing, and we're not in nursing. You're not allowed to do anything than, uh, unless the the person that you're doing it for. Um, not just consent, but gives informed consent. And informed consent means they fully understand all of the steps and processes and, and procedures that are going to be undertaken. Now, often groups, I've seen hundreds of videos, I've been in hundreds of situations, I've seen them both sides of the Atlantic and, and in Europe too, where the ghost hunter comes along and almost pushes the, the homeowner aside and says, mm -hmm. look, leave it to me, I'm an expert, step aside, you know, mm -hmm. expert coming through. That's not the way it should be. Informed consent, it shouldn't be who you're going to call, it should be who the hell are you going to let into your house. And exactly. they, you're, right, you're absolutely right, the, the owner should be on the homeowner mm -hmm. to, to decide. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, Steve, and I understand your point, absolutely, that they may be doing harm, but unfortunately... Uh, because of the awareness of the paranormal nowadays, and hence, i.e., all the television shows, that a lot of these homeowners are actually, that's what they're expecting. You know, if you went that's in there and, and did some, you know, uh, you know, you didn't bring a bunch of equipment and you just talked to the person, for instance, and, and observed, they might be taken back and say, well, this guy's not an expert. He didn't bring any equipment. He didn't bring his little K2 meter. He didn't bring, you know, some thermal imager. So he, he must be a quack. You no, know, you're dead so right. And that's something that, 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 you, 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 that people have encountered. They turn up and people expect them to look like, uh, you know, the Taps family arriving or, 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 you know, the crew from Most Haunted. And if they turn up... <laughs> And if they turn, yeah, if they turn up with a notebook and pen and or a Ouija board, it's like, what's going on here? You're not ghost hunters. That's not my expectation. But we've got to remember, and we talk about the success of the television uh, programs and and how the the public are much better informed or they have uh, much better expectations. They're more aware. Of what they're more aware, yeah, yeah, of what to expect. However. Ghost hunting shows are actually not that popular in the grand scheme of things. And ghost hunting and ghosts still remain relatively fringe. If you compare it to other activities like sport, like some of the media stuff, mm -hmm. ghost hunting, we see it every day on our Facebook feeds and we watch the television programs because it's what we're interested in. Many, many people I speak to, many friends, many family members, many uh, people in the street really have... Uh, don't understand what it is I do uh, and don't understand why I do it and don't have the first notion about how to go about doing it. In fact, only this week I've had exactly one of those calls from somebody who is in that situation. They don't have, because we, you and I believe, and hopefully the listeners to the show will believe that you know everybody understands ghost hunting, but in actual fact, as a proportion of the the, the, the total population, it's actually a very small number of people who watch and are, are, are as aware as we would like them to think. Well, okay, so, but that has also changed too. I mean, uh, so just to give you a, an idea, and this is uh, 2013 numbers, uh, the 18% uh, 
18% of Americans say they have seen a ghost. Okay, 18% have seen mm-hmm. a ghost. Okay, mm-hmm. so that, I mean that's a, a pretty big mock. That means actually seen a ghost. That's it's a lot more than yeah. you believe. So I'm, and I'm looking at a poll now. I'm just waiting for it to come up on uh, spooky number of Americans believe in ghosts. So that's if I'm assuming this stupid thing loads because there's so many pop up ads on it. Uh, yeah, well, okay, but uh, I'll get that anyways. But so there is a lot more acceptability in the oh, yeah. belief in the paranormal and goes, okay, here it is, and let's see if I have the number. Can I have the number, please? 45% believe in ghosts. Yeah, exact, almost exactly the same numbers as, as the UK. We, have, uh, we had a survey published uh, just this week where uh, over a third of the population are said, by, by, the, uh, by the pollsters, are said to believe the ghosts exist. Um, and around about fifty percent of the population believe that you know that there is something there. Um, so those figures are broadly in line with with uh, both sides. But you said eighteen percent of the population have seen a ghost. Um, I've seen a ghost. I've seen. Well, that's so. You're in a room with ten people. Only two of them have seen a ghost. So yeah, that's a does, big number. It I mean, is a big many, number. Yeah, I if, mean, if, I don't if, think that number has ever changed. Um, if I, I, I if remember. I, if I uh, if I brought this up years ago uh, when I first started doing this, you know, have you ever seen a ghost? I mean, nobody would, you know, you'd virtually wouldn't get any information. Just to give you an idea, just to give you an idea how how it's changed. It's if I did, I've been doing this uh, uh, spectral evidence part of the Festival of Dead for thirteen years now. When I first uh, did it, the first year I did it, I asked, "Who believes that Ouija board is evil?" And we would get about 90% of the, the audience that put their hands up. And last year when I did it, uh, I would probably say of less than 25%. So there is a whole difference. There's a shift in uh, the paranormal. Oh, yeah. I, and I think that can be down mainly to the media. Um, 20 years ago when we were doing talks to, the, to, the, to different people, I social groups, you know, the Women's Institute and caravan clubs and things. You would have, we all started the evening with who here has seen the ghost uh, or believes in ghosts. And there would be a lot of nervous shuffling and glancing at each other where people looked around and one or two might nervously put their hands up. Right. At the end of the, uh, but at the end of the night, when the, the, the sort of thing had uh, broken down and we were sit, standing quietly drinking tea and eating biscuits... We were surprised by the the number. Probably fifty percent of them would come up and quietly tell you the ghost stories. What what's happened is isn't a, a change in the number of people having experiences. It's purely uh, they're more comfortable about talking about their experiences. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, and if we look at the SPR the survey, um, the Census of Hallucinations, it was done back in the 1890s by the SPR. The numbers haven't changed that much even you know, since, since those days. The number of people having experiences, the number of people who believe in survival or, or some beyond-death experience or some form of paranormal telepathy between the living and the dead or indeed even between the living and the living. I think what's definitely happened is as 
certainly with the television programmes, and a lot of our daily newspapers here in the UK run ghost stories on on certainly a weekly basis, sometimes more than that. We have really? you know, ghosts. We've talked about them on, on the show as well. You know, ghost caught on camera, uh, UFO caught on camera, ghost caught on camera, um, tourists, blah, 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 on holiday, snap, 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 surprised when they got home to find that, uh, you know, a ghost had appeared. Um, and that's that's a weekly occurrence here in the UK, probably, you know, even more frequently than that. So people are are much more comfortable about talking about their experiences. I think that's so anyways, a big change. You mentioned uh, news articles, and, and I actually posted one, so I wanted to ask your thoughts about that. And that, of course, was the uh, ghost ship that appeared after 90 years. Yeah. Did you read yeah. about that? I did. I read it several times, and it turned out it's a hoax. Well, that's what I want to hear about. No, what is, what um, is your, go ahead. Well, I, I didn't. I obviously I haven't investigated. I read the news story about a week or so ago, um, yeah. and thought, my God, that's intriguing. And then I there was so, somebody actually posted a link to the original news source articles, um, which demonstrated that it was one of these before it's news made up stories. You know, bus found on the dark side of the moon uh, type uh, uh, stories that do the you rounds. Yeah, that link because I, I posted the other link and I, um, I would like over to see a, it. it well, it was over a week ago, unfortunately, but um, I'll try and dig it out and try and post it a little bit later. But I got the general impression that they'd have been, you know, uh, demonstrated as being another of like 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 the megalodon found and um, mm. stuff like that. So uh, I, I I rather go with the idea to hope because I mean, although do you know the story that's got me intrigued this week? that's turning out not to be a hoax, although you would imagine it would, would be this train full of Nazi gold that they find in Poland. Isn't that cool? That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That is up to $400 billion, they're saying, in gold could be on that Yeah, track. there's a lot of stories on that, too. There are, but this seems to be substantiated now by the Polish government, uh, who have said that a significant find they has just, been they made. They just said no. Well... They've said that's that what I the areas... That's the problem with the the freaking. Internet, well, that's true. Is you'll come up with all kinds of stuff. Some of it true, well, some of it not true, and then you've got to sort with yourself, which makes it difficult at times. Exactly. I mean, that's. But according according to sources that I think are you know, generally are reliable, um, they've said that the Polish government have said that a significant find, although not specified, uh, has been found in particular area and that the area has in fact uh, been by troops uh, by the military to see right. it's, it's blocked they talked it. about so i mean the, because they've no been inundated with fire. ghost hunters pretty much like bully but they've been inundated with bloody treasure hunters that's for exactly certain. but at the at the same time you know lawyers have been involved and uh, you know people have uh, made legal claims the ramifications are extraordinary, but well, this is very similar to that discovery. to the silver discovered off the coast of England by uh, uh, treasure hunters. That's which right, was, and you know, yeah. you get but all anyways, these claims. That I know we're running out of time, so it's interesting stuff. But that the you know, like I did, I posted a single article on there. If you don't, unlike the ghost train, which I placed it, I posted many, but this Bermuda Triangle one, I posted that one. So if you read that. And if you say, and I'll, I'll take your word that there, there is, there is a hoax, 
uh, and there's no follow-up on it, you're going to tell everybody or repost this, and this will go on and on, saying, oh, yeah, they found well, this. And that, that becomes... I'll troll, I'll troll back a week or so, when uh, later today or tomorrow, and I will try and find the link that pointed to the original news article that, that, would be that, great. that indicated it's a hoax. But it's on. The, it's out there in social media land. If somebody might want to just Google ghost ship hoax, they might find the source of it. Anyway, uh, we got to move on but, because you are coming yeah. here in very twelve short days, and I want to discuss yeah. uh, some of the the great things you'll be doing. You'll be at Spirit Quest, of course. Uh, of course. This great 18th, menu, by the way, for the dining with the dead. Eighteenth through the twentieth, so uh, you will be there. Uh, Along with a lot of other people, including Roxy Zwicker and Josh Mantello and Kelly Spangler and Leslie Madden, Maureen Wood, myself, uh, who I'm sure I missed somebody, but whatever. Um, so it's going to be really neat. There's going to be a lot of uh, presentations, a lot of workshops uh, where you get involved in its hands-on stuff. Uh, there's going to be a Blair Witch Ghost Hunt, which will be interesting, is as we take a look at ghost hunting in the outdoors. And it, it's a totally unique experience than inside a place. Uh, so it's going to be neat. But you also have some other events coming up as well. And uh, I do want to mention them as well. And, of course, we have uh, – let me just pull this up on you – you have the uh, lighthouse, which you've done. Yeah, that's so cool. That's well, you can tell from my Facebook status picture how how much I think of the lighthouse at uh, in Portsmouth. That's on the twenty sixth. So uh, that's you can go you go to my website for all these things, which is nagostproject.com, The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and all these place things are listed, including uh, special events at the Andover Historic Society, which has not really been investigated all that much. You'll be doing Dining with the Dead at the Wyndham Restaurant again, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Just say the North Andover Ghost Investigation has got a unique thing that I don't believe has ever been done um, in terms of ghost investigation. So uh, it's it's a bit under wraps at the moment, as you know, because it's brand spanking new idea based upon an idea that's 150 years old. Wow. And it's never, ever been tried before in, in a, a mainline ghost hunting um, experiment. Right. Hopefully we can uh, straighten out the logistics of this anyways. So well, we, we just need the, uh, the dead to cooperate. <laughs> so we're just about out of time. <laughs> Go to the website, anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. All of Steve's events will be there, including uh, my paranormal study group on the 22nd, which will be interesting. Yeah, and if you if you miss Spirit Quest in two weeks' time, don't come running towards crying that you've missed it. Get your tickets you now. Exactly. So I guess it's time to wrap up. Anything you want to add? Only if you, I think there are still some places left at Ennis Corthy in County Wexford Island this coming weekend for Ghostology. Uh, oh, very good. Which is, which is being run with our uh, friends at Wexford Paranormal, um, and is an opportunity to let's go right the way back to the start of the show and to do some training, uh, like in the good old ASAP days. There you go, and there will be actual and it's not boring. Will there be investigation and the, as well? There will be uh, there will be an investigation afterwards, so it's uh, a fu- fun time in the classroom. Then let's all go out and uh, spend some time in Ennis Coffee Castle. 
So that's, uh, that was the, the bell, which means uh, pizza from the dead is here. So we still have a couple of minutes left anyways. But uh, so uh, anyways, um, what's your talk going to be at uh, Dining with the Dead on at the window? Well, it's going to be the Devil Played Cards, which is a, 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 a yeah, it's an interesting and almost unique story from Ireland um, that involves. Well, it says in the title, the Devil Played Cards. He played cards not once; he played cards twice. Um, and there are some very interesting links uh, from the from Ireland's historical past right to the present day. Um, you know, looking at some of the the most haunted locations in the south of Ireland. And some very interesting links to New England and the Wyndham restaurant. Really? Yeah. That should be fun. So there you go. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Lighthouse investigation. I always love being there. That's, the you know, yeah, the Lighthouse in Fort Constitution, uh, they're just the coolest places. Um, you know, so much happening, modern, uh, you know, modern accounts. You yourself have, have, have had an interesting experience there. But, oh, yeah. you know, the Coast Guard I the Coast have one Guard of those staff, 18%. Yeah, one of the co- I mean, and the Coast Guard staff at the base, uh, the Coast Guard base at Fort Constitution, they too have had many, many interesting experiences. And I think it's it's a to die for location, and as a case, I would be all over it. But it's three thousand miles away. Well, you'll get your opportunity this. Week. I wonder if I'll oh, yeah, I wonder if they'll blow raspberries at me this year on the SP seven. Uh, we'll we'll find <laughs> out, won't we? So, anyways, we, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We want to thank uh, Mark Cave for uh, joining us well. And uh, it's time to wrap it up. So, until next time, uh, good night. God bless. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law. In today's business world,